Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to a different creative person every week. This week, it's the actress and writer Nora Burns, my old friend. She's in the sketch comedy show Unitard, House of Tards. It's coming to L.A. March 5th through the 8th, San Francisco March 10th, and it's going to be in New York March 19th through April 9th. You can learn about it at unitard.com. Wait, wait, that's wrong. Unitardcomedy.com is the website. All right. Before we get to Nora, though, a little housekeeping. I would love it if you went to dennisanyone.net. You can do so many fun things there. You can, um, if you if, if you want, you can subscribe to my newsletter, which comes out every month. Uh, you can, there's links to my novels and stuff that you can buy, a DVD of my short films, um, you can take the audience poll, which really helps me a lot, get a feel for who's out there and what kind of advertisers I could maybe get. Um, there's lots of fun stuff you can do there. And if you want to help the podcast grow, you can write a review on iTunes. That helps. Or post a link on any one of your pages if you like a particular podcast. All of that stuff helps it grow. And if you feel like contributing to my tip jar and help me keep the podcast free, you can do that at... Um, DennisAnyone.net. There's a little tip jar there, and it just goes through PayPal, and I really appreciate it. All right, enough of that stuff. Let's get on to Nora Burns, and then stick around at the end of the podcast. I do my So This Happened, and you won't believe how I spent last Friday morning. Let's just put it that way. All right, enjoy Nora. All right, I am here in beautiful Hancock Park with writer and actress Nora Burns and my old friend. Yay! Hello. Hi, Dennis. You're staying with your friend Joseph. I am. Uh, this, this is, is a this beautiful home. This is kind home. of my, my place away from me, my home away from home. And I had, I was like, I've had the key forever because I don't know, ages ago I slipped the key in my pocket when I left here once because it's where I always come back to. And right. so this time I was like, so Joseph, I still have the keys. Like, you still have the key. No. Um, it, is it comforting to know you always have that key? No matter how, you can always, there's always a place you can there's go. There's always, but that's the thing nice with LA windows. though. People do have space. Like if you try to stay with a friend in New York, they're like, um, no. Right. Or you can sleep on the couch with my roommate and four cats. But people in New York, in LA do have like a garage or a, They've got know, somewhere. They usually have somewhere. Yes. Now you're coming back to Los Angeles with your show Unitard. Yes. Which you uh, Unitard appear House in. Unitard Unitard yeah. Some tards. <laughs> that alone, I'm already laughing. I'm already, it's, it's everything I love from a Unitard show. Unitard is you and Mike Albo and David, is Il- it pronounced Ilku? Ilku, yes. Um, three very hilarious performer artists in their own right, and then you guys come together. Yes. And you do some solo pieces and some group pieces. Exactly. Now, what can we expect in this particular Unitard House of Tards show? Um, Unitard House of Tards show, we have we actually have wound up over the years. We we seem to have more group pieces now than ever, and everything's very fast. So if you know you don't like something, it's over in two minutes anyway. Right. Um, but we're a lot of uh, skewering internet things, hopefully offending sober people and Facebook addicts, along with. Our usual, um, just we, we have little. We actually have a mu- a musical opening number, which I don't sing. So thank God, it's um, I don't really have to sing. But uh, oh wait, we do have a musical ending number too, where I do have to sing, but I I'm in the background, so you don't have to hear me. Um, and actually, Mike and David have amazing voices. David used to be when he first came to New York in 1980. 80, he was actually signed with a rock band and with a record label and um 
So he's rocking it. He's out rocking there. it out. He's rocking it out on stage there. Now um, you you write for the piece. You write. You all you all write. Yeah, we, we all write, and this show was usually we'll pull some old pieces together, but this was like a from scratch kind of thing, and we sat down and we all just like, you know, because we hadn't done a show in two years, we've all been bubbling yeah. different ideas, and so they all sort of, you know, came together, and we write. We'll write our own. Sometimes we write our own bits for pieces. Sometimes we write bits for other people in the pieces, and then we, you know, we tweak it. And uh, I love to see your shows because you always skewer what's annoying in that moment of pop right. culture, especially you know whatever that thing is that gets your go. What what's something right now that you're like I had to do a piece about this? Well, well, our our, our sobers and our Facebook and our celebrity death things are. Um, irksome topics. Um, <laughs> what do you, what's your take on Facebook? What do you, what oh, do you like to make fun about I Facebook? I don't want to give it away, but basically okay. just people living their lives on Facebook. Yeah, it's so a lot. It's a lot. People it's are like lot. getting just bummed out because they only got X amount of likes on something that they, it's, like it ruins their day. It's really weird. And, yeah. and like intelligent people I know who have real lives and do stuff and yeah. yet still constantly pose i don't know i i get weirdly and and i've heard that there's a name for it's the fear of missing out thing like i get weirdly depressed when i go on facebook i only kind of go on facebook when i'm looking for someone need to send someone a message or promoting the shows like a whore yeah um (laughs) but but so but you can't help you open it up and you instantly are drawn in and then I'm like, I oh went my into God. a hole this yeah. morning where I just kept right. scrolling and scrolling know, and, and everybody's and, doing then, stuff. Exactly. You're like, oh, I wasn't invited to that party. I didn't <laughs> go to that opening. And then you get, I just get totally bummed out. And I'm like, I, I have to, you know, stay away. So these people, like, they're not living, the, they're, they, you know, they're pathetic because they're posting everything on Facebook, but yet they're doing more than you. So, you know, it's, it's <laughs> so doubly Either way, they're fair. pissing you off. Exactly. The ones that bug me are like, 13 years ago today, dot, dot, dot. I don't remember the day as I did stuff. I and know. now I feel like, shit, how am I going to post about it if I don't remember that it was March 4th that right. I first right. drove to L.A. and <laughs> gave it a go? Well, like, it's mostly so they can put a hot picture of themselves from 13 years ago. <laughs> exactly. Or um, it seems like also lots of people in love. Yeah. Lots of animals dying. Everyone's dog is fucking dying. We do that. Yeah, you yeah, do yeah, that? Guilty as charged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, no, I don't do that. I, that's in our show. Oh, that's, yeah. oh, that's in your show. I was like, I'm sorry. I mean, I understand yeah, no, it, but no, it's sometimes I, you're like, pro. you do a little scroll for two minutes and it's 14 dead animals. I know. That's a lot at I the know. vet to deal with. <laughs> um, I also remember a sketch that you did where you really, you nail things that people don't know they're annoyed by until you shine a light on it. Like, uh, so you were we a make woman. life worse. You make basically. life worse. Yeah. But the, you, you did. I just remember the line, I'm having a baby. I'm better than you. It was about how parents think they're better than single people or whatever. Right. I don't know if you're pregnant or have a stroller. I just remember. Right. Yes. Do you I, remember I, that? Yes, I'm pregnant. And, and, that, and that was actually um, because I was actually pregnant with my daughter at one point when I was doing it. So I wrote it before I got pregnant. So yeah. it's got to be thir- it's 13 years ago. And that really was the time when people had just started having babies and were so proud of themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, you got laid, your egg met a sperm and now you're, you know, yeah. Madonna. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was of the time, but it's sort of, and that, that sort of mother thing has like evolved to like, you know, all the different, 
stages of what parents do that annoy you. Like when people won't listen to you because they're just talking to their kid and they're interrupting you. And you're like, kid, shut up. We're talking. And, you know, and then like the special needs parents, like, you know, little Samuel who's allergic to wheat, soy, dairy, Cassian and children of Indian descent. And, yeah. you know, and just... The, uh, it long goes list. the long list of how annoying parents are. And yeah. I remember, though, when you became a parent, and your kids are yeah. so cool, I got to spend some time with them in Maui. Did you ever find yourself like, oh, I'm becoming one of those people I made fun of? But oh, it well, doesn't seem like you're aware of it. You know, it doesn't seem like you've gone down. You've, gone crazy i try i try to remember that children want running wild in a restaurant are really annoying like you think they're cute you don't hear them other people do right but i think a lot of people lose sight once they have children they're just like well my adorable child could stand on the table and scream and no yeah. one's going to be bothered now do you do so. any celebrity impersonations in this show or is it a different kind um, of comedy let's see yeah i don't think we have any because I no, feel like, have you done Ann Coulter before? I, feel I like yes, I have. An, I have an she's Ann sort Coulter. of been out of the out of the loop for she's a while. She's been out of the loop. Thank God. But I yeah, know. no, I know. No, she's I been do laying have a... low. I also remember your Jenny Jones hostess. Oh, jo- my Junkie, Junkie Jones. Jones. Junkie Jones is back. Actually. Oh, good. Yes. Junkie Jones is back. Yeah. Yeah, and she's <laughs> different incarnation. She was a magician last time, which was I really can't top Junkie Jones as a magician, but um, we do have a little Junkie Jones show. So there are a few. I'm trying to think of. The, I think she's one of the only character callbacks that we that we Bring even back. have. Other than that, it's all new characters and everything. So now I first met you through the Nellie Olson, yes, the group that you're know, you we performed like, with this way when we first met. I know it was the early '90s. It was like, I mean, mid-90s. No, I'm yes. super old. And, uh, and, uh, and you were doing a similar kind of thing with them. Yep. But you guys were really out on the edge then. It felt like, it felt like people were more PC or there was less. I don't right. know. People are still PC. How, what's the difference between the kind of stuff you were doing back then and the crowds for it and what you're doing now? Um, you know, I think it's just, I mean... You you could shock more easily back then. And also, like, when we started doing our stuff, there wasn't, like, gay comedy. Yeah. Um, you were kind of it. You were so, kind of, you know, yeah. and now I think there's more of that out there. Right. And you have to, you know, you have to be, you, you know, you can't ever just be gay comedy. And that's actually why Terrence and I formed the Nellie Olsons was because we'd met in this other, which was really one of the first gay comedy groups called Planet Q. And it was really rotten. But, you know, as long as the jokes were gay, as long as there was a gay reference, everything had to be gay. We're like, well, it's not necessarily funny just because it's, yeah. you know, we want we want to be more of a sensibility than just, you know, gay. So that was the whole thing behind the, the Nellies. And I think Unitard and the Nellies share a sensibility for sure. The yeah. styles are, you know, a little different. Um, and Terrence was such, is such a genius sketch writer, which, you know, we're more, our stuff is more presentational. Um, though we do have a couple of sketchy things in there. You, but, you mean with um, Unitard? With Unitard, yeah. What's the yeah. most scandalous sketch you've ever taken part in? Something that's caused a stir or always got people up in arms? Was there well, one? It's like a, there are things that you think would but haven't necessarily, and then ones that you completely don't expect do. Like, you know, Terrence said, what about a child molester who comes back to visit the child that he's molested, which... Is, I think it's hilarious. Um, it, in the sketch, not in yeah. real life, probably. Yeah. But it really never was that, you know, that people kind of just went, oh, okay. Um, 
But then, like, one time, I used to have this character, Minara, the Jewish Madonna, who was right. just kind of a Joan Rivers, but dressed as Madonna, doing right. kind of like riffs, like, Borscht Belt humor based on Madonna stuff. Right. And we once, you know, a couple of times, Jewish lesbians, had these huge <laughs> protests where they're like, you know, six million died and you're making fun of Jews. It's like, I'm doing, you know... This is this is any Jewish comedian on the Borscht Belt. This has nothing to do with so, you know, you you can be surprised what someone just they would, gets. They got that. up in arms at Menorah. Menorah, that's cray cray. It is cray cray. That's really I crazy. Know. So, so right. that's your you know. We had our posters defaced and really, yes, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, what's the you wear wacky stuff? Have you ever done nudity? Wigs, wigs and costumes. Um, well, the boys do a lot of um, mangina. I mean, yeah. the, the, the Nelly boys would do They would mangina. tuck a lot. They, they would, would tuck, tuck it a up. Lot. How hard is that to keep in there? It, I, can you, like, I do you have just, to, like, kind of take little steps? They, I've seen them do big old dance numbers that way. But, wow. Um, I know. And, um, and it's definitely interesting to look at from behind. Yeah, like, I think I think fun. it's more hilarious from behind, which no one gets to see. Um... But yeah, the, and the unitards do. Uh, oh, the uh, the boys had a piece that's not in this show of the uh, the box that sort of you know scandalous burlesque club from New York where they had a, it was two boys a didgeridoo and a bucket of poop and okay. it was yeah th- that, that might be the name of this podcast <laughs> two boys a didgeridoo and a bucket of poop I think that that's a sh- that's a fun night out of the theater I, who can complain right. about that what more do you want really now yeah. do, you've been doing this for a while you still love it do you ever feel like oh I'm getting too old for this shit or do I you, am just, too old for this shit I probably but you still do old. it I'm too old what? for all the shit that I, I do know. and I I don't I don't feel that thing happening where I'm like I, I don't need it anymore I still kind of do it I just really don't know what else to do <laughs> I know I say that I'm like, either. okay, I do like wacky gay <laughs> sketch comedy and I don't know how to do anything else. I have zero other skills. Yeah. So, you know, I can't type, I can't do, you know, quicken. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but you it. still like it though. When you're doing I it, you still love it. Love it. That's I the love thing. It, I still love know? it. I think some people right. don't love it anymore and they figure something else out. Right. I don't know you what you it can't is. do it if you don't love it. I mean, because yeah. we really don't want to see you up there not loving it. I, it's, it's, I'm sure people sit there and go, wow, she's really too old to be doing this but she looks like she loves it so you know so there you go so i can get away with it hopefully but you did a really you know. wonderful solo show uh the last time you were around here in oh, town yeah. but it was more like a written one person show yeah and i tried to actually not do any characters for it, it was just gonna it's be just you talking yeah i and just remember really loving it it went awesome out here yeah. i've got to say this i love my la audience yeah they, you guys were amazing thank you yeah but, but you talked about how you lived in maui uh-huh and Hated it. Hated it. Now, Every minute of it. I got yeah. to go visit you in Maui. I loved when you came. Oh my gosh, it was the most fun. We right. stayed in a Quonset. I didn't know what a Quonset was. Yeah. And what? Break it down for us. What is a Quonset? Um, it has nothing to do with Kwanzaa. It's, yeah. It's kind of like the old army tents. Yeah. You know, and but it it had been. It's like a dwelling, you know, but it's like yeah, a hut with a tin with, roof. Yeah. With a round tin roof. The Quonset was awesome. Yeah. See, yeah. I mean, you know, Maui's great for like a week. Yeah. And then you leave and you right. go home where yeah. there are interesting people and things to do. Now, are you, so. do you go there at all anymore or you don't matter? Occasionally, I go there in the summer still because I yeah. can't drag my husband out. Yeah. Um, I'm working he's still on there. It. Yeah, he's still uh, there. He yeah. goes back and forth to New York. Like, right. short little commute. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but I, I it's just, 
can't stand it. You can't stand so, it. Is yeah. what do you? Is there anything you like about it when you go there? Um, at this point, no. At this point, it's just been like I have nothing but like revulsion. Like I just I see a palm tree and I'm just like, Wah. yeah. Um, what were the gays like in Maui? You know, Few the gays were very, just- yeah, not, not enough. I mean, you know, as I say in my show, it was like, you know, they've all moved there with their boyfriend to open a mango farm and, yeah. you know, I'd have Oscar parties, but no one had seen any of the movies unless it was a <laughs> documentary about India Yeah, and you know, they're not like mean and cutting and witty and smart. I'm not, I'm not insulting my, you know, I loved my, you know, whatever, four Maui gay <laughs> friends I had, but you know, and the, the, the thing is like. Most people leave Maui. Most people do not stay there. Yeah. So, you know, they, but it's, it's straight men love it. They think they're pirates. They're like, Arg! and they put on their, you know, board shorts and their flip flops and they're not going anywhere. They yeah. are, you know, masters of their domain down there. And, you know, you're screwed if you're, you know, once yeah. you guys done that, you're like, you're never getting them out. Yeah. That's so, it. He's there forever. They're all these miserable wives with sunspots <laughs> yeah. and resentment. But, yeah. Um, While their husbands play the, pretend they're Jack Sparrow. Surf and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you're a New York girl. Oh, my God. I'm such a New I'm a New York girl from, like, the time I was 16. I lived in Boston, and I first went to New York on a school trip. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And I was never one of those people who moved to New York and ever was like, I'm so sick of the city. I want to get out of here. Oh my God. It's so cold. Eh." Never. I would be like, every day I'd be like touching the ground. Like, I cannot believe this amazing place is here and I get to live here. I'm like, I just feel so lucky. And I mean, now it's, you know, yes, it's being ruined with, you know, the ridiculous amounts of money being thrown in and the wealth and just the gentrification and all that can I say shit? Oh, Yo, yeah, you can totally I say can't. You can say been, fuck. You can oh say anything. Oh, my God. Any. I've been sanitizing this no, whole no, no, time. No, no, no. Go for Shoot, it. Shoot. Shit. Yeah. Um, let it go. Let it out. Uh, um, okay. I will from now on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but it's still like, as Michael Musto says, where else are you going to go? It's still it's still home. My my ghosts are still there. My yeah, Everything that I love is still there. What so. was going on there when you first got there? What was like um, the, pop, was, the culture scene? It was 1979. Scene? Yeah. So it was... Um, you know, it was Studio the 54, oh. it was the Mud Club, and I've actually just started doing this series at the um, at the Stonewall called New York Stories, right? Where I have people come and you know tell tell like a five to ten minute sort of back in the day story, oh, and wow. it's not supposed to be like I don't want it to be a bunch of people going like I life was so much better when I was young, yeah. even though it was. Um, and even, it's so sad, even my 13-year-old daughter, she just read Patty Smith's book, and she's like, oh, everything was so much better. The one, like, J- Just Kids, yeah, that one? Yeah. I read that book, and it's about her uh, friendship with Robert Maplethorpe. Right. But when you read it, and the friendship's really touching, and they're really artsy, but everything that they did was sort of artsy. Like, they went to this museum or that. They never just sat down and watched Fantasy Island. They <laughs> never did anything remotely commercial or cheesy. Right. They never just got, you know, they went to to Subway, got some takeout. I know, no, they just smoked cigarettes. Everything. They went to Texas, Kansas City. (laughs) She also had this insane luck. She'd be like, yeah, I got up. It was the first night I'd ever read a poem and, you know, like the, the publisher was there and just decided to do my book and then, you know, the first time I picked up a guitar, you know, so-and-so heard me and decided to put out records. So I'm like, yeah, she was like insanely blessed. Yeah. But right. it was, they didn't do anything remotely cheesy. Everything right. 
But you didn't have really a cheesy choice. Like even <laughs> if you, you know, if you went out for coffee, you didn't go to Starbucks. Yeah. You, you know, you went to some cool, weird little Edward Hopper-like yeah. diner on the corner with weird characters with no teeth and junkies passing yeah. out outside. I mean, it was just like you couldn't get away from character yeah. back then. Your daughter's so, thirteen. I know. What's like. that like? She's awesome. Yeah. I'm like knock on wood. I'm still. Yeah. Very lucky, and she's sweet and cool. And and they do they like being in New York compared yeah. to Maui? Yeah, they're they're very happy. They're city kids, so love it. Um, yeah, now, there's so much to do. They can just like walk out the door and do yeah. stuff. You know? Now I'm a fan of the High Line. I'm a fan of the High Line. Okay. I don't know what it represents to you as a part of this thing. I donate to it. I feel like wow. I personally built it. Yeah, I did with my thirty five dollars. <laughs> but I just I love it because like you when you walk up there on that elevated. You kind of feel like you're in the Hunger Games. Uh, right, right, right. No, no, I love it. Right. I love how they took something old and sort of... Right. Well, it was my friend Robbie who did that. And um, Was he one of the two gays that yeah, did yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I know. They have a great um, story. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of created a bit of a monster because, yes, you know, it's now it's just... Everything around high it. High rise is just around. So now you can't see anything from the High Line anymore yeah. because it's surrounded by, you know, gazillion dollar apartments. But, yeah. Uh, but there's no getting around this. Super cool. Yeah, I love that. So, I also remember you just zipping around Manhattan on your bike, and I, I was thinking you bike. are you're just a zipper arounder. I think I, I would. I don't know. The, 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 you would zip around. You would zip around. It, you you don't, would zip around. I would. Yes. It doesn't. You get used to it. You don't get. Free. Have you ever had an accident or been hit or anything like that? No, I've had a couple of. Everyone has a couple of close calls. I do the city bikes now, which you can't go more than you know five miles an hour if you try. Oh, so but do you use them a lot. I, I love the city bikes. I've got to say, I'm a big city bike person. So you just it's awesome. Do, you you do just use like, your credit card and you. No, you have. You get. You pay like a hundred dollars a year, yeah. and you have a little thing, and you put it in, and you get a bike and go where you're going, and you. Park park it and then you go out to dinner and then you get another bike and you go to a gallery opening park it and it's it's all there it's awesome it's all right there i love that the the thing that i've observed about you since we've been friends is you just from the outside you seem sort of unflappable like you'd never seem like overwrought or overwhelmed or you just go with it Oh, well, that's nice. Do, I, is that sort of, is that true or do, do you ever have? I try to be, I try not to, like the stuff that bothers other people doesn't bother me. Like there's nothing anyone can say about me that would bother me or nothing I could hear that anyone would say. Cause I can just imagine the worst thing, like, you know, anyone could say, and I'm just like, okay, so, you know, oh, she's a tired, loser, stupid, fat, ugly whore. I'm like, okay, right. you know, so yeah, if you don't. Sort of, you know, but then weird, weird little things will bother me. So, you know, um, like what? I know. I'm trying to think. I was like, okay, now he's yeah. going to ask me like what? Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, I mean, like I sort of, I sort of do obsess that I stayed in Hawaii too long. Like that's sort of a thing. I'm like, I missed that my time in New York. I missed like those years in New York and it was years. Um, so, you know, something like that will like, we'll I'll, I'll, ups, I'll bug about that. Like I miss the gates in central park, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but in terms of the direction your life has chosen, you, I don't think, have you ever had those like times when you're just like, I am lost or I don't know what, what the fuck's next? Or I don't know. You know what I mean? You just well, always seem you know, sort of when you're in your fifties and you do gay sketch comedy, <laughs> like, I don't know what is next, but, but, but yeah, but you don't seem have you, you know what the thing is? Everyone that's friends with you is like, Nora's fine. Nora's going to be fine. Nora's, right. Nora's, you're always fine. Right. 
Right. Is that I mean, true? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'll be in trouble when I'm not fine because then people will be like, ah, what do we do with her? She's not fine. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, and you don't want to be one of those weird girls that like all, everyone's afraid to get stuck with. It's almost like musical chairs. Like, don't get stuck with her because, <laughs> you know, she has no money and no profession. She can't do anything but gay sketch comedy and we'll, no one will have any idea what to do with me. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, but I, I do feel a bit like a cockroach. Like I can kind of get by on, you know, the crumpled $5 bill and a bicycle and yeah, you know, a park what are, bench. What are the things you try to teach your kids about sort of like in r- resilience and things like, you know what I mean? Like, cause they live in New York and there's all this money and stuff going around. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I tried, you know, I think culture is very important and, you know, the arts and, and just being, you know, being kind and not caring too much about money and um, just, and also being positive, looking at the positive side. Cause I mean, it's yeah. very, you know, to me, that's what drives me crazy is when people only see the sort of negative side of something and, you know, yeah. let's, you know. And the thing I love about you also is your something similar. This, this friendship is very important. To you. I was just going to say that. Were I you? I was just going to say. Like I tend to write about it a lot, but you like when I when you say oh, you're coming to town, you are the friend king. Like you are. No, <laughs> oh, like, I'm going to cry. You, Thank no, you. you. You exemplify what I. I mean, it, way more than me. I mean, yes, I think friends, and I think those of us who've come to cities like Los Angeles and New York, we've, we've chosen that as our family. Like yeah. we're going to build our family of our friends. Right. And, um, but you know, you, you know, you but I know when you come amazing... to town, you're probably right. going to stay with Joseph and you're, you're going to see Jennifer Coolidge who's a friend of yours. And like, there's the same friends and, uh, right. that you've had forever that you, right. and they come to your shows and they're, it's almost this, it's this continuity right. that is very consistent. And I think it's, you know, it's yeah. really important. And, uh, you know, but do you have you, big falling, do you ever have big falling outs that have to be no sort I, of, yeah. no, I try not to. It's very, I, it's very important to be liked. I'm one of those people I really want to be liked. Like if anyone's mad at me, like I'll do anything to make them not be mad at me. So right. I hate anyone being mad at me. Um, so no, I yeah I tend not to have big dramas with friends and um, you know and also f- for those of us who went through the, you know the eighties and the AIDS and you know like I lost my best friend and I you know I think about him a lot. What was um, his name? David. David. Uh, David Burns. Um, and I was even so with this New York Stories thing. My next solo show is even. I, I, it's going to be called, I think this is, it's just in its early planning stages, but I think it's going to be called David's friend. And, um, because he was this unbelievably charismatic, gorgeous guy. And we moved to New York together. We met in Boston. He was your Robert Maplethorpe. He was a little, yeah. So Patty Smith. It's so funny that Fred's like, were you, you guys were like Patty Smith, Robert Maplethorpe. I'm like, I'm no Patty Smith, unfortunately. (laughs) But, um, but you know, I mean, he walked into a room and just, you know. I mean, he was so amazing. Um, and uh, I forget where I was going. You're telling, you're going to do something, a, a show. Right, so I want to, yeah, I want to do some, you know, some show. And, and I'm not quite sure because I think it's really important when you do a show that it's, everyone can relate to it and it's funny. And, you know, so I don't want it to be like, well, I'm me and my friend. Blah, blah. So I have to find some way that, but I'd like to do it with slides and things about the time and, um you know, I think that would be awesome. Amazing people that were around. And, so you moved so. to New York with him. 
How long before AIDS hit? How long before I still remember that day. Well, it was 79, and I think I still remember that article in the New York Times. Like, David came home, he was like, oh, there's this article in the New York Times about, you know, gay cancer. And unfortunately, they used the word cancer, and we all know you can't catch cancer. So I think that stopped the, you know people from changing their habits right. for a while too um and we were laughing about like i was probably caused by industrial carpeting and track lighting and, right you know um so you know it was about three years yeah. after but i mean he had like you know stds every week i mean it was just everyone lived at the vd clinic back right. then um so and you know and, and it was just and, but that's what made new york so hot so exciting i mean right. you know he would go to the store for milk and come back you know Three days later, <laughs> unable to sit down. So, um, what did he do? Yeah. What was he pursuing? What was he doing? He, you know, he didn't. He'd been an artist. He'd been. Yeah. He was at museum school in Boston for a little bit, and um, but he was just, you know, he helped with the first wig stock, and he was a bartender at Studio Fifty Four, and he was just like this gorgeous, intelligent, and you know, and he died at thirty-one. So God knows what he, he was a writer. Yeah. I mean, like so many people, never got to. Become when I look back at me at thirty one, I mean, you know, yeah. I hadn't done anything yet. So, what are the spots in the city that make you think of that time and him? Um, you know, the West Village is, yeah. is still Those are your stomping ground. It was, yeah. Where do you live now? Um, right now, I'm in in Soho's. Nice, but but in but in away from the awful you know mall that Soho's become with dash stores and Ugh. all that. So you can't actually, even escape it. Okay, so Dennis, I want to ask you this. Yes. Because one of my pieces, that one of my solo pieces that I do in the show here is about um, a horrible rich woman who's moved to New York City and taken a big apartment. I actually have cho- chosen, because I don't know if, I don't know if people out here know about this whole thing where they took St. Vincent's Hospital, which was the big hospital in the West Village, which was also the hospital where all the AIDS you know, all the people had AIDS in the eighties and stuff and they've turned it into giant luxury condos. No, I didn't know that. And it's this block long hospital. Anyway, so she has, she's bought an apartment in there, but it's, it's, so it's about a combination of that and just like the horrible wealth coming into New York and stuff. Now, so I was going to, you know, not do it here and put in some, I don't know, celebrity nanny piece or something. But then David was like, oh, you know, I hate when people, like English comedy groups come over and try to like change their material. Like just do what you just do. Was Do, do you think of enough people here know about sort of the awfulness of, you know, rich people in New York and real yes. estate? They might I not think- know that specific story, but I do think that New York to even people out here is like the, the, the mega, 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 mega rich people. Okay fucking up everything else for everyone else. And, okay. and these, you know, people can pay these astronomical prices for things, you right. know, because that's where they all are. I think, yeah, I think people get okay. that idea. They might not know the specifics. The specifics. Okay. But that would be a wonderful horror movie where this, somebody moves into this place and it's haunted. To, by the ghosts, by of, the ghosts men of men all. with IV poles and <laughs> yes. hospital And they're yeah. sassy. Maybe, I don't know if it's a comedy, but like, that's really... <laughs> It's the next American horror story. I think it's the right. next, Amer- next Amer- American horror story, AIDS Ward. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. I know. I'd love Ryan to Murphy. see some rich woman, like, she wakes up covered in purple <laughs> spots. And, yeah. She can't. Oh. And maybe there's a, she's religious. I don't know. Now, the Oscar season is coming up, and I used to throw big Oscar parties. Oh, and remember we best, threw that one together? Yes. It was the Nellie Olsons and us teamed oh up. You had some... 
money tie-in through your friend Robert, oh, right? Right, right. Remember when people had money to throw around in the nineties? Oh like, cool. And they gave it to like arty people. It was so yeah. weird. We had this big party. Yeah. It was the year of Titanic. And we oh, had was it. it Titanic? Oh my god. I remember that because or no, it was Gods and Monsters. It was might have been Titanic. Okay. It was the year Gods and Monsters won because I remember Jack Plotnick was at the at the screening and Bill Condon, who we both knew, right, right. won and Jack was in the movie. I just remember that. But I remember somebody getting offended at our game. Do you remember this? People get offended so often that I <laughs> lost track. But. And I have fewer of them. But we play this game where everyone um, tries to rename the five Best Picture nominees. At the time, there were five. So they write okay. down their fake names of what it would be. Okay. And you read off the best ones and people clap and it's right. irreverent and funny. And um, we did... It was Life is Beautiful that year. Oh, oh And somebody... Gag. Somebody... Um, Somebody's answer was like six million ways to laugh, right? oh. like something <laughs> awful. And I remember there was some dude there that got really offended, oh, up in arms, and oh, you, you don't you remember any of this. I, I no, I have I have Alzheimer's, which is one reason that I do the um, New York stories because I'm like, oh well, I don't remember anything, so I really have no memories. But <laughs> that I I love. No, you can't touch the Holocaust, though. It's like yeah. that's always the yeah, you know. But, but you know, it's, it is, and it is really true with like, um, yeah, I, I don't remember anything. And my kids talk about, they're like, we can tell you jokes over and over again and yeah. you laugh every time. And Jennifer even says it. She's like, it's so great. Cause I'll tell you the same story that I know I've told you before. And you're yeah. just like surprised and amazed and you laugh and. I, yeah, I really have no, I love it. How did you meet Jennifer? Jennifer Coolidge. We, we waitress together. At, Where? Um, at a restaurant called Canastel's, where OJ would come in and do coke with the owner, and most of the waitresses Good times. were I, they were here in LA. No, it was in, in New, York. New York. Yeah, um, and most of the waitresses were Playboy bunnies. Yeah, um, Sandra Bullock was the other hostess in the cocktail lounge. Wow, Jennifer. Yep. Nice girl. Um, very. She was a very sweet girl. She yeah. was a very sweet girl. But Jen, working with Jennifer was just it was the best because you were like two broke girls. We, oh my god! In a we way, like, right? Yeah. The show she's yes, on. That's hilarious. Because um, I'd always get all excited, like, "Oh, Jennifer's on the schedule! Awesome, she's going to come in." I mean, half the time she would not show up, but when she did, <laughs> she would be like, she would come in with like a patch on her eye and some story about how someone put out a cigarette in her eye by mistake because she had to like make up for the fact that that's what she'd told them why she couldn't come in for a week, and right. you know, so she'd have to follow through on her, you know, her lies. So she'd have like a bandaged arm, and you know, <laughs> so she went all the way there, and you just just clicked. Instantly. Yeah, we also had some friends in common, so we sort yeah. of knew each other, like, before before she started to work there, but yeah. Wow. Uh, and then she came to L.A., did did comedy, and... Yep, she came to L.A. Yeah. to do the Groundlings, and... She was in the movie Testosterone that I wrote, and I remember uh, being with her in Argentina, and she turned me on to one of my favorite bad movies, which, which is? is Molly. <gasps> Molly what? Molly what? Molly, Molly what? We still say that all the time. Yeah, she said, you got to watch Molly with Elizabeth Shue. And it is... Oh, my God. Well, it's so funny because people were just talking about how after Alice um, this time, uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, well, Julianne Moore, you know, she pees on herself, so of course she's going to win the Oscar. Yeah. And all I could think was, Molly what? Molly, Molly peed on herself and win the Oscar. <laughs> she did not. But it seemed like that movie that where she's like, where she it felt like, I'm going to go for my Oscar with this movie. Oh. Oh, it was Elizabeth Shue, Shue and oh. Molly was still developmentally disabled. Right. 
and then she, they find the treatment to make her better, and then she starts getting bad again. Oh, so it's a little flowers for Algernon. I don't think I ever made it past Molly you know, Wet. Molly Wet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Molly Hot. <laughs> and but the thing was, she became kind of a bitch when she got better. She was more oh. easier to be around when yeah. she was pissing herself and running through the fountains. Right, right. And you also felt like they cut the shit out of it, so you never knew how, where, what her state was from any given scene to scene. Like it I was, think you've watched this movie recently. Though. I need you to watch need it. You need to watch it regularly. Anyway, yes. Jennifer Coolidge gave me a, a very big gift with that movie. <laughs> um, so you took a few cards from the observation deck. What do we oh, have? Oh, okay. Um, okay. Well, I only took... I, I took okay, this one. one. Do you have um, any scars or statu- tattoos with stories? Okay, so this, because this actually relates back to David. When I, um, David, when we were 19, David met this guy, Kevin Gill, who unfortunately just passed away this year. He was a um, wonderful L.A. guy. Um, and da- uh, uh, Kevin was 24 at the time. And so David met him in New York and then... But Kevin lived out here in L.A. and, like, worked with that Barry Diller and stuff and um, worked at that restaurant Morton's and also dealt cocaine. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so David calls me and he's like, I've got a sugar daddy. Come on out. Like, because we were 19 and he was 24. He was like, you know, our sugar day. So I came out and we both lived in Venice. or We were all living in Venice. And David and I didn't have a car. Neither of us knew how to drive anyway. And so Kevin would go off with the only car, and we'd kind of be stranded at the at the house in Venice. And um, I remember, I never smoked pot. I just never smoked marijuana at all because I've never smoked. And But, you know, so one time we were home, we had nothing. We had no food in the house or anything. So David decided to make this big batch of, like, organic pot something or other. I don't cake or something. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so... I'm just kind of a piggy eater. So I was like, mmm, cake, yum, yum, yum. And I knew it had pot in it, but I was like, oh, you know. And so I was so stoned, I couldn't move for three days. I lay in bed, and all I remember is I'd look up, and I could see David's face going, ha, 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 ha. And it was so horrible. And then um, the day after I got finally got better, we were in the car, and we were going driving through. Kevin was driving us through Hollywood, and he and Dave were having this big fight in the front seat. And I was in the back seat. And then at one point, um, Sunset Strip, Kevin pulled over. He's like, you guys get out of the car. So we got out of the car. And then he and David kept fighting. And David got back in the car. And they drove off. And they didn't even notice that I wasn't in the car yet. (laughs) And they were just, because they were just having this huge fight. And so I was right in front of this tattoo parlor. And I just remember going like, all right, I'll get a tattoo. So I got this rose tattoo on my butt. And then I have no idea what happened after that because I don't have much of a memory. But it was the days before cell phones. I'm sure I had, like, I'd used all my money on this tattoo, which was $25. I still remember that. Um, and so I have no idea how I ever got home. But that was that's That was the story. Do you think you were still a little high when you got it or had it worn off? I don't know. I might have been. I might have Do you think well it was have... just like, you, you were just like in this moment of like, I was I, I had a three-day bender and now I'm here on this I, thing, I'm going to get a tattoo. <laughs> exactly. That's kind that of was very. That's was. sort of pre-Lohan, Brittany. It, it is a little bit. Messy. Yeah, down, messy. It's messy. Messy. Yeah. yeah. But do you yeah. regret it? No, no. It's, I mean, you know, it's on my butt. I never see it. You yeah. know, it probably looks like a, you know, piece That's of hilarious. shit blur by now. I but, know. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Oh, um... 
Let's see. Okay. What was my most glamorous night? I don't know why I just might, you know, I'm sure I had like studio 54 nights that were ooh so glamorous. Cause back then you just like, you just got in limousines and you went to parties and you know, everything was just so fabulous. But I was remembering cause I'm in LA. My most star studded night was the PETA um, anniversary, the millennium PETA thing. Cause I'm a big PETA person. Yeah. Good friends with Dan Matthews. And, um, so I was at this party at the, I think it was one of the studios like Paramount. They'd rented the whole lot for this party and it was Paul McCartney and like you named it. They were there, Joan Jett, the B-52s. And so Dan had asked me if I dressed as Crispy Carrot and escort Lady Bunny. Um, so you had to dress like a carrot? So I was dressed like a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd given, but I, instead of like wearing clothes under my carrot costume, I was in a t-shirt and my underwear. And, um, so I escorted Lady Bunny and then I also had brought James Cromwell up on stage where he was getting an award for this movie, you know, uh, pig, um, babe, ba- well, babe, but he'd done a documentary about the pork industry. Oh, okay. And I remember watching clips of it and I was crying in my carrot costume. I was shaking <laughs> with tears and he was like, I know I cried when I saw this too. And, and you're dressed um, like a carrot. Um, but, but then the worst part was finally when all that was over and I was about to enjoy just the amazing party and go here to B-52s. John Cantwell, I'd given my clothes to him and he was supposed to bring them for me. I'd given him a pass. He got so stoned that, or something, he didn't claim it was that, but something about that. And he, anyway, somehow did not make it to the party with my clothes. So I was walking around. I had a t-shirt. I could either be a carrot all night or walk around my t-shirt and an underwear. And I brought like a cute little outfit. And I was just like walking around barefoot in my t-shirt and underwear at the most glamorous party I've ever been to with more stars than I've ever seen in my life. So oh was, my God. Yeah. And you were a carrot. And I was a carrot. Did, could your face show? Did your face show through? No, it was one of those like with the little mask, so, I think. Yeah, they, so. yeah, nobody even knew nobody you were the even carrot. Nobody knew I was the crispy carrot. And you were crying at James Conwell's <laughs> thing. He, but he was so sweet. That is amazing. So, That's yeah. an amazing story. Thank you. I love it. All right. Let's, let's um, Okay. Oh, I don't, don't even know what my worst audition was. Um, but I was, uh, would you like... What would you like to do in a job that you haven't... Oh, okay. What would you like to do in a job that you haven't gotten to do yet? Made a lot of money. <laughs> I, yeah. just, like, I think that that would be so cool to actually, like, really be able to support yourself doing yeah. the thing you, you love. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my... That would uh, be something. That would I be get something. it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Was there ever, like, a little window into something? Were you ever close to something that almost, or do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, there was, um, World of Wonder was doing this um, candid, it was like a candid camera show, but it yeah. was sort of a naughty candid camera show. Um, it's like in the late 90s or something, or early 2000s. And so there was a little cast of us, and we played these pranks on people, Um like, uh, we did one and actually John and Terrence were in it too, where we were, um, in it, it was, they put out an ad for donating sperm and, you know, get a hundred dollars, donate your sperm. So we set up this fake sperm bank and I was the sexy receptionist. And so the guys would come and I'd say, Oh, all right, well, um, come follow me. And we'd lead them into this room and they set up a little theater and so first I'd get on stage and do this little sexy dance 
And then John and Terrence would come out in these little costumes, like little tutus. And then they did a dance. And so these guys are sitting there like, what, what the fuck? And then after that all happens, I give them this giant cup, like a Slurpee cup. And I'm like, okay, boys, fill up your cups. And then we left and it was just sort of watching, you know, their whole their reaction reactions. to all this. Um, so that was that was one of them, and then there, there were you know a bunch of others, and actually it was one that Jennifer Coolidge did because she was in one too, and it wound up going horribly wrong. Oh, those pranky things! And do that. They wound up getting like sued for millions of dollars, so the show never yeah. the show never went. But that you know I was like that would be a that would have been a fun way to earn some money for sure. So. Yeah. Now, you said you went to Studio 54. What's your favorite memory of Studio 54? Okay. Well, this is... And it, this is my... when I, I always wanted to go there. When I tell my New York story, this is, this is my, um, my New York story. Um, so, right when I got to New York, 1979 with David, we were like, okay, you know, Studio 54. This is the first thing we have to do. So... Um, because we, we'd actually met in a disco in Boston, dancing yeah. on a platform. And uh, we were 17, and we, you know, we got all up in our Fiorucci jumpsuits and our yeah. gelled hair and all that. And we went down to 54th Street, and the crowd was just like, the street was blocked off. There were hundreds of people. And, you know, Mark Benneke's standing on his little thing, pointing. Who was he? He was the doorman. Okay. And the famous doorman at the time. So we saw it from the corner, and we're just like, and we'd never seen anything like this in our life, but something kicked in, and we just knew. We're like, if we walk up there and barge our way to the front or whatever, and we don't get picked, that's it. We're fucked. We're done. That's it. <laughs> so we were standing there. We are in the corner of 8th Avenue, 54th Street, and we're like, okay, what do we do? How do we get into this club? We are like, you know, what can we wear? What can we do? And you're underage. Everyone was underage. Yeah. That had nothing. That was yeah. not even an issue back then. Right. It's just are you cool um, enough? Are you? And yeah, I think have they. That sh- thing. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's why I think they should lower the drinking age again because it has nothing to do. People should be able to go out and dance and see music, and yeah. you know, instead yeah. of like going to basements where they're drinking till they're twenty-one, which is completely ridiculous. But anyway, this limousine pulled up. And the driver leaned out and he's like, do you kids want to go to Studio 54? And we're like, yes. And he was like, okay, get in the back. So we got in the back and um, the limousine pulls around to the front door. And, um, you know, we're just about to hop out. And he says, oh, stay there. And he gets out and he signals Mark. And the crowd parts and Mark goes like this and gestures us in. He opens the door for us. And we go in. I just turn around like, and he's like, have fun. And we walk in and, you know, down the red carpet into Studio 54. And, and it was just, you know, the magic. And, like, you know, that night, we you know, of course, we met people. And David was beautiful and, you know, was, like, working there within, you know, months. And, you know, this drag queen friend of mine from Boston was a big, became a big Studio 54 drag. We never had trouble again getting in, but it was just the best. And you never knew who that man was? Never knew. He just... He was like he appeared, like a fairy godfather. Yeah, it wasn't like he wanted money. He just was like, here are some kids. I'm going to make their night. Wow. Um, I know. That's an amazing, amazing story. story. Um, Do you have one more question, it looks like? Oh, no. It was was my worst audition. Oh, never mind. Which is pretty much every Um, audition, because I hate auditioning. I know, they suck. Um, why gay guys? 
It's just always. I mean, my mother met this woman in the delivery room, and they gave birth on the same day, and they yeah. stayed friends, and, and he's gay. So I've just been a fag hag since the day I was born. I mean, yeah. my best friend in high school, and it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's family. It's, it's who I yeah, yeah. It's not even. There's not even a question. It's right. like that's just who. That's just who you are. Who I am. Have you ever found yourself in situations that are super hetero, conservative, or whatever? I don't know, like a dinner party or something like that, where you just feel like you landed on another planet. Yes, like any situation like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm like I just have nothing. Yeah. It, I mean, great, straight people are much cooler now, and right, right, you right. know. But still, it's like I'm like I am not of this. Yeah. It's not who my, you know, and I know it's like, you know, how Margaret Cho or, you know, there are a lot of people who like, you know, yeah, you feel like, and that's why like the few times when I've gone out, like I remember when I was with David and Kevin that summer, we were going to studio one, studio one. Yeah. Studio one here in LA. And I remember we, we went up and the guy just looked at me and he was like three ID. And, you know, David and Kevin were like, fuck you, we're going. You know, so we just left. But I was just like, I remember just being so hurt. Like, they wouldn't let you in. Want me? Yeah, like, I'm one of you. It's not, I'm not trying, you know, I'm not going to be that, like, silly girl at the, you know, leather yeah. bar going, <laughs> look at all these guys. Oh, my God. Right. So, you know, it's like, don't you understand? Right. But, but I also respect, I respect people, you know, want What are the biggest space. mistakes that quote unquote fag hags can make? Like, what's their... Trying to fix, you know, a gay guy up with just another gay guy because they're both like to suck dick. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you know, gays are picky. Yeah. So... so you, yeah, yeah. You, let that, you let that go no. on. No. Don't try yeah. it. Right. Don't try it. Right. Well, Unitard is coming to LA. I'm so excited, but I'm looking at your postcard. You're also going to be in San Francisco. We are at this new club, Oasis, which is March supposed 10th. to be ha- fabulous. Um, Dina Martina was just there and said it's amazing. Fabulous. Stonewall Inn in New York, yes. March 19th through April 9th. That's a nice yeah. long run. Yeah. And LA, March 5th through the 8th. You could learn all about it at unitardcomedy.com. Yes, we have a new website done by my friend Len Whitney, who's also out here in LA. I can't wait to look at it. Are there clips no. and silliness? Yeah, we have clips and silliness. I love yes. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you can buy your tickets there too. Yeah. What's um, I? You guys perform at Casita del Campo, which you is one of my favorite. Love Casita. I know. Yeah. What's your favorite after-show ritual? Oh. The show's over. You killed it. People had fun. What happened? Oh my god. I'm I'm so not like. I, I mean, so not. I I'm not a huge alcoholic. I don't drink a lot. But my that drink after the show, I'm just like, oh, and that, that can sometimes be hard because I'm like at Casita, I actually will sometimes during one of the last things, I'll run up back up the stairs and get my drink just so it's waiting there because sometimes if you you enter into the throngs of your friends and stuff, right. you never you're like hi hi, and then people are like oh yay good show, and you're like thank you, I just have to get to the bathroom. You gotta get um, to that drink. But I just want my that first little sip of a drink and then seeing your friends and just hanging out is the best. I think that's sometimes the whole reason I do this. And it oh it's so sweet. Is that true in every city or is it LA? Oh, is yeah. that LA? I mean LA of course especially because yeah. I yeah. love my LA friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much. What's your drink? What's in it? You know, it, and I, I don't even have a special drink. It's Whatever. a beer or a wine. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not a hard alcohol person. I but. love it. Well, you, but you ne- never marijuana. But so you no. were never a big partier. Well, you know what? I was, I was, a, I was pretty alcoholic in the yeah. 80s. Like definitely, if if there'd been like an a, you know, people were much more busy with 
everyone dying to notice yeah. the drunk naked girl in the corner. But definitely, like, you know, under other circumstances, Shit. I should have been hauled off to Betty Ford, probably. Wow. I was a pretty big drinker. But do you think that the fact that everyone was drying was having an effect? No, I think drink? I was just, you know, you just, didn't know how to handle yeah. my alcohol yeah. very well. There you go. So... All right, Nora, I love you. You're I delightful. Love you, Dennis. Go see thank Unitard you. in one of those wonderful cities. Check it out at unitardcomedy.com. And thanks for doing Yay, the podcast. Yay! Thank you. We're hugging. Mwah. All right, bye. Thanks again to the delightful Nora Burns. I love that girl. Uh, go see Unitard and learn about them at unitardcomedy.com. All right, so this happened. All right, some of you know I am part of a hip hop crew. It's true, I have a crew I roll with. Um, it's part of uh, Benjamin Allen's Groove 3 dance classes and just fun friends and we do dance things. Long story short, I got to participate in a flash mob on Friday morning that Benji put together. Um, it was at a Hebrew school here in Los Angeles and apparently the, uh, the people at the Hebrew school like to pull a prank on the kids every year and one year like the rabbi came out on a camel and they just do, you know, crazy stuff. Well... This year, there was a fire drill, quote-unquote, but it wasn't a real fire drill. It turned into a full-on flash mob, and it was all guys. Um, It wasn't unisex. All the dancers were guys, although the school was unisex. And, you know, the rabbi came out at the beginning on a car, and then the music started, and it was this dance song that was like, um, it was like in Hebrew, and it was very catchy. And I don't know what we were singing about, but I think it was joyful and happy and affirmative, life-affirming, I think. And then I was a fire marshal. There were some fire marshals, there were construction workers, (laughs) and then there were TAs that were positioned in the classrooms. And then the fire drill happened, and then we all walked out looking very serious. We weren't to talk to the kids or touch the kids or really just have anything to do with the kids except to look like it's very serious business. We had a clipboard that we kept track of our, you know, fire marshal rules and and facts and figures and deal. I wrote them up for a number of infractions, frankly. And then the music started, and we rocked it out. We had had a couple of rehearsals. I was a little rusty, but I didn't screw up too bad. And um, the the kids went crazy. They were super into it. Uh, and then it all ended up with a tableau on the jungle gym with the main rabbi at the very top of the slide, you know, in a pose of of strength and solidarity and peace and, you know, all of us being very badass. And the kids loved it. And I got 25 bucks. So that's my um, story. (laughs) I love being a uh, middle-aged hip-hop crew member. It's awesome. And, um, so there you go. I think there might be a video of it soon, in which case I will definitely post it on the Dennis Anyone Facebook page. You should go there. But it was a blast. I love that stuff. So, um, yeah. So there you go. Oh, and then afterwards we got to dance with the kids in the gym, but there was a curtain between the guys and the girls. So we were on the guy's side and everyone was dancing and doing like, you know, it looked like the beginning of Private Benjamin, that kind of dancing. (laughs) And, um, I don't know. It was awesome. I loved it. All right, so every time I drive by that school, I'm going to think, you know what? I tore some shit up in there one day on a Friday morning. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. Spread the word about Dennis, anyone, and we will see you next time. Bye.